I had a high school girlfriend who wasn't a part of the church, and that kind of pulled me away. And yeah, I she didn't like your ACT score anyway. She didn't, so she didn't like prudence. my ACT score, and I, I was like, do you know what? Can't go to church now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Gospel and Black and White show, where we just try to have natural conversations about life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am one of your co-hosts, Cody, here, joined with Lenny, as per Hello. usual. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and today, we've got a guest with us, Dakota. Hey, what's hey, up? Dakota. I'm, I'm doing good. Super excited to be here. Dude, nice. I remember when, so Dakota, I know Dakota from work. You know, we've become acquainted by the water cooler. Um, that we don't have because we work remotely most yep. of the time. So anyway, we are co-workers. Um, mm, is that really true though? Like, is it? Are you co-workers or? Well, or is Dakota your boss? <laughs> Dakota's actually, he's actually the CEO of our company. <laughs> yes, I I founded Curitas, uh, oh. built it with my own two hands. Yeah, that's oh. true. It's a construction company. Yeah, yep, so. Construction. Are you sure it's yeah. not Data Animus Solutions? I'm just kidding. I'm pretty sure. I'm just kidding. All right. I'm not telling Corey about this episode. He'll be disappointed <laughs> in all of us. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're, we work together um, on the web application side of things. And uh, yeah, well, I was going to say something about that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So when you first started working with us, every time we jump on a call, you'd say, what's up? Mm-hmm. And maybe you still do this a little bit, but I don't know how to respond to what's up. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 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 working. That's why we're here. I, what are you What are you doing? So uh, I just usually oh, go straight this, to how are you instead of what's up. Is this yep. Is this the first time you're hearing about this, Dakota? It is, but I, I it makes sense because I would say what's up, and he'd go, "And you?" You'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. say, "I'm good," and you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't I know mean, how to respond to what's up. You, you don't know English, Cody? Because that's like this what's colloquial. That? Sorry, your colloqu- audio is breaking up. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's colloquial, colloquial English, you know, what's up? Not much. That's yeah. how you That's how you answer yeah, it, actually. That, that's the correct yeah. response. Not much, but plenty is going on. I don't know, I'm working. Think about that? Maybe you not for work. you, Lenny. Maybe you're not working when somebody asks you what's up, but... No, I say... Uh, what's up? Oh, I'm just sitting here, watching paint Actually, dry. Honestly, that is also a a fine response. I'm just sitting here, or what's up? I'm working. Y- you know, you're thinking too much about this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want to keep your job, Dakota, don't bring it up again. All right. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Fun, fun. Is that the word? Is that should I say fun? I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's fun on this podcast. That's that's our that's part of our mission. Okay, if you're listening and you're not having fun, then please keep listening because we need you to listen more anyway. So, um, anyway, 
Yeah, so against gonna, your will. <laughs> against your will. Some pe- yeah. Tape your ears open. So we have, uh, we're going to discuss a few things on this episode specific to Dakota and some of his experiences. And we'll actually take our Stories of Faith segment to the end. We know we just started that like two episodes ago, but we feel like it's going to land better at the end this, this go-around. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we'll have you tell your story at the beginning here. Not the okay. story of faith. This is a different story, okay? Yeah. Because stories of faith has a has a has a stinger. You know, it's got this cool little. All right. Yeah. Just move move along. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> so condescending. All right. So today we wanted to talk about the the question. We have two questions, okay, and they're related. Uh, we're going to start with one, and we'll talk about the second one halfway through. So the first question is, why is there a stigma around returning home early from a mission? Mm. And what is that stigma and what does it look like? So I think we want to tackle that conversation first. Dakota, do you want to start off by telling us your experience and some of your your background here? Yeah, for sure. Um, So back my senior year, uh, actually, before I served my mission, I wasn't super active. Like I would go to mm. church every now and then, but um, I was—I had a high school girlfriend who wasn't a part of the church, and that kind of pulled me away. And yeah, I she didn't like your ACT score anyway. She didn't, so she didn't like riddance. my ACT score, and I, I was like, "Do you know what? Can't go to church now." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. No, um, but I remember that summer. Uh, I'd been in therapy and my therapist had really challenged me to start taking control of my own life, doing things that I knew was important to me. Um, so I decided that I wanted to serve a mission. Um, and I think I decided that like a week before school's about to start, I had a little bit of a scholarship to the university of Utah and my mom started freaking out. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, we just got you the scholarship. Like you're about to start school. <laughs> and so we talked with the school and they're like, okay, if you can leave before the semester, yeah, before the semester's over, then uh, we'll basically postpone your scholarship. So I decided to put in my papers, got my call to McAllen, Texas, Spanish speaking, um, reported to the MTC, what was it, November 6th of 2019. And four days later, I came home because of my depression. Um, and it was, mm. even though it was probably one of the hardest experiences I've gone through, I would not change it for the world. Like everything I've learned preparing and then afterwards has just been more valuable than anything else. Yeah. All right, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's, let's talk about those, those portions here. Yeah. Because, uh, so let's, let's talk about the, the preparation part. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you said you started thinking about going right before the, your college, so right, so right, right between high school and your first semester at, at university, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you started getting ready to go. Is that like when you submitted papers and stuff, or is that when you started preparing as far as like, uh, well, I guess that is part of preparing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I had, I had been preparing a little bit earlier, um, about halfway through the summer, uh, I decided to go to my bishop, start working on some things, some mistakes I had made. Um, not necessarily because I had made that decision to go on my mission yet, just because 
there were some things that I wanted to change in my life. Um, right. But yeah, the when I decided to put in my papers was about a week before school started. Mm. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, yeah. So, so preparation. So what did that look like? So obviously you met with your bishop, you talked with him, worked through some stuff. Mm-hmm. What else, like with with gospel preparation, like were the classes that you took or, or anything like that that helped you get ready or, or experiences you had you could tell was God preparing you for the mission or anything like that? Yeah, I, I made it a goal to read the Book of Mormon um, entirely before I reported to the NTC. So I'd read it once before mm. during seminary, um, but I made it a goal to read it again. And I remember it, this was actually a pretty powerful experience. I was about halfway through the preparation process, the, uh, you know, getting all my ducks in a row and I just temptation and the adversary just kind of got to me. And I just was like, I don't think I'm doing the right thing. Like, am I sure about this? Started second guessing myself. And I remember just thinking, do you know what? I need to go into the mountains and I need to, um, hmm. kind of pray about it. And so I went up into the mountains, I said a prayer, and I just kind of felt this prompting to open my scriptures just to where I had left off. And I had just so happened to leave off, oh, I want to say it's 2 Nephi verse, or chapter 4. Um, the chapter might be wrong, but it's when Nephi uh, finally leaves Laman and Lemuel, and then he's now having these same feelings of, am I doing the right thing? Oh, yeah, like yeah. Self-doubt. Yeah, yeah. And just... The, the parallels that happened and it's not even like I sought out that chapter that was just the next chapter I was supposed to read that day mm-hmm. and that's when I was like yeah this is the right thing like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be in my life that's the wretched man that I am scripture right that that one mm-hmm. where he's like man I'm I'm the worst <laughs> he <Yeah>. goes on <laughs> for like the whole chapter mm-hmm. and then finally at the end that's where he says uh, oh man I'm drawing a blank, but basically he, he's uplifted and he's realizes no, like if God gave me a work to do and I'm going to do that work. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That, that is really, it, it seems to me like that you were prepared to serve. Like that's what it felt. That's what it feels like when you, when you, when you talk about it, that you were actually being prepared yourself and God was preparing you to serve. Uh, which I think makes this this all the the next experiences a little bit more powerful in my mind. It it did. It it was definitely somewhere I wanted to be, um, mm-hmm. and something that I knew that I was excited for. Like I wasn't dreading going on a mission anymore. I was looking forward to it. I wanted to give the next two years to just helping people find happiness. Um, yeah. And so it did definitely make uh, my MTC experience and everything afterwards that much more powerful yeah. yeah did it make it harder too in some ways you're like whoa i heavenly father you, you you prepped me for this thing and i had some pretty pretty sick experiences coming up to this and yeah know, did it make it harder or anything like that or oh it, it definitely made it harder i i mean we can kind of get into a little bit of the mtc now um i remember the day it was the food wasn't it dude what was that it was, it was the nasty food in there wasn't it oh yeah just Probably because they pre-bless it, and I didn't have a chance to. It. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's yeah, still, I'm, I'm, it's still orange juice. It's those, no, yeah. it's, no, it's those eggs, man. Uh, for me, it was the caffeine-free Coke. 
<laughs> oh, I, you know what? That's probably it. It did not taste as good as regular Coke. I have zero clue why. But I didn't even know there was caffeine-free Coke. I'm going to be honest with you. MTC I think it's, it. it's a specially made formula for the church. <laughs> I, I would believe it. That, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, I actually, I don't think I, I'm a, that's a joke, but I don't think it's a joke for real. Yeah, we're the, we're the primary consumers of that. All right, all right, yeah. all right. sorry, we're, we're getting off base. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. Um, so I remember this was the day before I left. I've been struggling with my depression. I had... Um, at that point, I was still like experiencing some anxiety, uh, but it really hadn't hit its plateau or like its crescendo, its peak. Um, but I, I was sitting in a classroom and I remember I just looked over at the wall, looked at the clock, and I just had this, you know, the spirit kind of enter my mind and say, It's okay if you go home. And wow. at that point, I was like, Wait, hold on. You told me I needed to be here. <laughs> like, it it kind of sent me into a little bit of a spiral because I was like, this is where I need to be. I, I don't need to go home. I need to be here. Why am I feeling like I can go home? And looking back on it now, that's, that is the push that made me say it's okay to leave. Um, because, you know, later on my experience got a lot harder, um, a lot darker mentally. And it was that kind of reassurance from the spirit that said, do you know what? go home, realign yourself, take a look back in a couple months and see, you know, what you think is the next best step. Oh yeah, dude. That, wow. that's, that's powerful. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, do you mind if I ask you some questions about that uh, depression actually? Yeah, of a course. A little bit more curious about that. So you said that you struggled with that um, throughout your life or just more, just, just in high school or right before high school? Um, so it was right before high school. My parents separated, I think my seventh grade year. Mm -hmm. Eighth grade is when the divorce was finalized, and that's kind of when my depression started. But it kind of left went left unchecked for a while because I was just trying to convince myself it wasn't real. Like, oh, I just I I thought that's how I thought I should feel, and mm. that's why mm. I was feeling it. Like it was normal. Yeah, like like it was just something that almost like it wasn't real. I was just making it up type of a thing. Uh. And I remember I had some, basically I'd made some promises with God my sophomore, junior year, junior year. That was like, for some reason, I just wanted a girlfriend in high school. It's so stupid. But I said, <laughs> okay, Heavenly Father, I'm struggling with these things. And I had four kind of things i needed to stop all the mistakes i was making i needed to tell my parents tell my bishop and then the last one was uh go to therapy start getting my mental health back in order and i ended up doing the first three but i kind of forgotten about the fourth one and then i finally scheduled a therapist appointment and i think i had my first date with my high school girlfriend like a week after and i was like okay like when you make a promise with God, you got to follow everything you've, you've found. <laughs> yeah. But, and yeah. it's kind of a little bit of a silly, like, outcome that I wanted. But no, I, I knew my mental health was something that I had, I had uh, neglected and that I kind of would have spiraled even farther than I already had. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, my junior year, I started going to therapy and it really did wonders for my life. 
I imagine the Lord picking picking his cards. You know what I mean? He's like, hey, if Dakota's going to make this promise with me, it's way more important for me to help him as he goes and looks at the, and looks into therapy. And yeah, I'll, I'll you know I'll help him get a girlfriend because it, it'll it'll pass. You know, she'll she'll yeah. hit his ACT, ACT score anyway. And it'll, it'll <laughs> yeah, She's, he's like, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a girlfriend. It just won't be the right one yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, but for real though, I mean, I I think the Lord, uh, you know. We're all kind of infants to him. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I think of like how silly kids' requests are sometimes. You know. Yeah. True. Like you mm-hmm. are the biggest infant to him for sure. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. like like you, little Lenny. You're in spiritual diapers right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so well, I mean, uh, if you kind of think about it, we're all kind of in spiritual diapers. But yeah. Keep well, going. I'm in pull-ups, but um. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think I think often if it's important to us, it's important to him, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. What I really love about the experience you're sharing here is that the thought I was having as you're as you're talking about your preparation for your mission, and then you said you're in the MTC for four days and you came home on day four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like I mean, God's got we get we get sucked into these uh, patterns of thinking, and it makes sense. Okay, there's I I don't think I'm I'm trying to blame a pattern of thinking or anything, but you know we. We, we expect certain things like a mission it's all going to work it's going to last this long and this is what it's going to look like because that's what we see around us in the church for young men for example but we often forget that God you know he's looking at things he's playing 4D chess over here right oh definitely well, you got think what's important to him right he, he's got one of his sons here Dakota who just spent all this time getting his life in order and getting ready to go on a mission and and you're in the MTC for four days, and and I don't know what those four days look like for you. I mean, it sounds like they're obviously pretty pretty rough. So I don't know if you've got anything spiritual out of it besides that experience you shared. But what the Lord wanted was was your faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you showed that because you went out there, you prepped, you put in the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Com- coming home, I kind of had to look at it as a perspective of Abraham and Isaac, right? Like yeah. Abraham was asked to do this incredibly difficult thing and it wasn't the action that was the important it was the willingness for it right yeah um and so that that kind of story really helped me throughout coping with what had just happened and i got a ton of spiritual experiences from the mtc i remember i got home and i was talking to my mom and grandma about it and i think i talked for like five hours about all the different experiences i had oh, yeah. and they were like you sound like you had a great time like why why'd you come home and i'm like i i had the best time but it was just these kind of inner demons that were working against me that is the reason i came home it wasn't because of anything gospel related it was all just Mm. my own personal struggles right you know i think that that's it's really important for us i think all of us to remember that uh that uh, mental health is no joke, you know, like I think uh, it's, it's great. And now in these days that there's more of a focus on it and there's more research coming out about how important it is to take care of it and what, what, what it can do uh, for our lives, you know, having good or bad mental health and even our spiritual lives, you know, like it's it, it takes a real toll on spirituality when your mental health is is not so good. Uh, I, I'm speaking just from some of my own experience with with some mental health ex- mental health experiences, but uh, or challenges, I should say. So I can only imagine that uh, it, it was. Uh, well, I'll ask that question. It's just like, what was it like to kind of deal with 
um, the, 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 the faith and the spirituality you felt versus these inner demons um, and all, all of that, all that that entailed. Um, I mean, that was probably the biggest turmoil I felt was kind of these two polar opposites pulling me in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the last night I was there, I had reached out to my companion. We had, we were doing companion study at night and I just kind of told him what I was experiencing. Um, and he had mentioned that his brother had similar feelings, but he couldn't really relate from a personal experience. Mm-hmm. And at the time that was hard. I mean, he was doing his best and it's not like I was upset with him, but it's just not really what I needed to hear at the time. Um, and I remember, so I left on a Saturday, which was our P day. And the, that night while we were doing companion study is when it probably reached its peak. I, um, had previously left a message for my Bishop. They were like, okay, it's day three. How are you guys, you know, acclimating? And my entire voicemail was incredibly positive. I was like, I'm where I need to be. I'm feeling the spirit. Uh, but I think the last two sentences were, but I'm really struggling with my depression. I think I need to go home. And um, as we were, uh, we'd gone to companion study right afterwards. As we were walking back to the dorms, um, I had some pretty dark thoughts enter my head. I didn't really think I would make it through the night safely. Um, I personally was worried about my health, but was kind of too scared to tell any of my companions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we got to the dorms, uh, two missionaries were waiting there and they said, Hey, Bishop's on the phone in the, I don't know, main center. Um, he's like, he wants to talk to you. And so they actually pulled me away from my companion. Uh, we went to the front where all the offices are and I had a conversation with my Bishop and he was like, I was, I was loving your message up until that last part, like what's going on. Um, and so I, every day I'm thankful for those missionaries and for my Bishop who just were looking out for me and they had been listening to the spirit and were like, okay, we should probably intervene. Uh, because yeah, I mean, I, I almost owe my life to them in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. That is powerful. And I, can, can you? So we're we're get we're getting to that next this next part, which is kind of where the the crux of this question comes from, which is, you know, there's there's the stigma in the church, and whether most people think this way or, um, we think most people think this way, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has been at least at the very least, it has been a pretty profound way of thinking. In, in the church's history, I think less so now. I would imagine than mm-hmm. it has absolutely, but, but 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 it's still present. It's there. There's still it's still present, even if it's not as vocal, or if it's not as open. I think that there's still some of the those undercurrents, those ripples that happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of us with our with the experiences that we've we've and and the, and the knowledge that we've gained in society nowadays, knowing about mental health and all that kind of stuff, has helped us be more open minded about this. But not that it's gotten rid of it, right? And the reason I say the reason, like, there's a balance between there's a lot of people who can be very judgmental about someone coming home from their mission. Um, but at the same time, Satan can work really hard in us in, in magnifying those insecurities 
And so I, I, I'm curious, like, what, what was, what was the response? And I want, we, will, I think we want the good and the bad and the ugly, whatever you're comfortable sharing. You don't gotta get, you know, obviously, the, you don't gotta dox anyone right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but whatever you're comfortable sharing, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as far as who, how did people respond, and, and what did that look like for you? So we can, we can talk, talk through it. Yeah. Um. So obviously, my family. This is this is something that they had known about. Like they knew I was struggling with it before the mission. So none of them were, they were, they all kind of at that point had known how to talk to me after I was depressed. Um, and a really cool experience I had right after I got home, they had released me. Well, actually before this, this is an important one. Right as I had gotten home, I still was a missionary. I hadn't been released yet. And I took my tag off, just placed it on the table almost like I was ashamed to wear it. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, this is not me anymore. And a member of the state presidency came over uh, to release me and he saw the tag on the table and he said, Elder Ewing, put your tag back on. You're still a missionary. And so I put my tag back on. He released me and then he said, you served your full mission. Now go and live your life. He's like, this is where your real mission starts, right? Um, so that, that was oh, yeah. pretty powerful coming from the state presidency saying, Hey, nobody like oh, yeah. nobody up here is, uh, worried about you. We all know that you can get through this. But then yeah. right after that, my oldest brother, he was like, Hey Dakota, let's go for a walk. And he fell away from the church around the times so my parents split. So he hadn't been spiritual in a while, but we, w- we took a walk and basically the gist of the walk was he was like i am so proud that you served a mission and i told all my friends that even though that was not something that he believed in even though it wasn't something he understood he expressed how proud he was of me and then you know the same support from my friends and family members but really where the kind of stigma hit was kind of going back to church Uh, Because everybody was, you know, surprised to see me after I had just left. The family ward, right? Yeah, the family ward. So that first first weekend I had gone to church with some friends just because I was like, I can't deal with my family ward today. Like, it's too fresh. Um, But the following week, I remember my old temple prep teacher, he came up and he was like, hey, so how's your brother doing on his mission? And I was like, "Um, well, it's me. I'm Dakota. And he asked me, oh, like, sorry to hear you're back when you getting back out there. And mm. to, to a lot of people, they mean that as a attaboy type of thing. Like, when you get back out there, like, you can get through this type of thing. Right. But when you've just come home, that's, that's the worst thing you can hear. Because you're like, oh, yeah. I'm still trying to deal with everything I just went through. And now people are expecting me to go back out. And right. I... I have no hard feelings towards anybody who asked that question or anybody who meant well, but hurt my feelings because mm-hmm, right. at the end of the day, they were trying to uplift me, but you're a saint, dude, <laughs> but it, it, it really comes down to the stigma for me. I found most in myself and what I thought people Ooh. were thinking. Ooh. Wow. That's powerful because like for the, probably month after I got home, if we left my house and somebody else was driving, I would roll my seat all the way back 
so I wasn't looking out the window until we got out of my neighborhood. Um, just because I was dealing with like this guilt of feeling like a failure, feeling like, um, you know, if I couldn't handle that, what else can I not handle type of thing? But I mean, now looking back on it, really the stigma I saw was just what I was portraying everybody else to be thinking about me. Yeah, that's powerful, man. I mean, I, I you know, when you're talking about that, that dude saying, when you going back out there, I, I like visibly cringed. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and again, like you said, he didn't have the context. We just, we just got more context than he had, you know, on this podcast. Definitely. But, but uh, but still, I mean, ouch, I, can, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, it was something I didn't expect to feel hurt by because mm-hmm. I had plenty of cousins who had come home, well, one in particular who had come home specifically because of depression, and I remember asking him the same thing just because I was curious. I, I, I was like 10 at the time. Um, but then being in that experience, I was like, this is not the question we need to be asking people who have just come home. Like, yeah. let's let's worry about getting them better, making sure they feel loved and at home before we start asking them about their future. Ooh, yeah. So with that, so so Satan sucks, right? I yep. think we can all agree on that. Because honestly, I mean, talk about kicking someone when they're down, you know. I, I, Satan coming around and making people even more self-conscious about saying, I mean, and, and I'm not, you know, again, this might not be everyone's experience, like you said. Uh, maybe they do experience more, more uh, blatant um, ignorance or whatever mm-hmm. uh, from from people, and and maybe they don't. Maybe maybe a lot of people have a lot more certain similar experience than what you had. But at the end of the day, I think Sands going to capitalize on whatever he can to make people lose that self worth. You know, to feel like they don't have that self worth anymore. So what, what uh, when did that get better for you? And, and was there anything specific besides maybe just time or, or like what, what, how did that get better for you that improving that? Um, for me, I had some pretty, pretty awesome experiences right as I had gotten home. Um, Cause I returned obviously back in November, the following January, my cousin, um, well that January, my little brother turned was about to turn 12. So he was moving into the priesthood. Mm. Uh, my dad at the time wasn't worthy or he was still, you know, working on his stuff. Um, so he couldn't do it. So I was able to give my little brother the priesthood. Um, and then a month later I was able to baptize and confirm my cousin because her dad is inactive now. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people don't even get a baptism on their mission. And I was like, well, I'm technically not on my mission anymore. But I got my baptism and I gave yeah. somebody the priesthood. And for me, I realized my family has kind of, you know, gone their own ways. Uh, most of them choosing to, you know, not go to church. And I kind of realized that my experiences, while they were powerful for me, were also powerful for my family. Mm. And later that year, my dad came back to church um, and... I was kind of there to be that rock for my family, even though I was struggling, feeling like I was needed, especially in a spiritual regard, um, was definitely the best help I could have gotten dealing with everything I was dealing with. And then your dad gives a killer talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, few, a few weeks ago, right? That was your dad, right? 
Yeah, my dad. <laughs> okay. my, my dad gave a killer talk that actually changed my whole perspective on struggles and like dealing with uh, trials in your life. That's cool, man. That's way cool. It's super uplifting. It really is. Um, so I have, I have like just going forward even more so. Um, you just said that you got married uh, within the last year. I think that was mm-hmm. before the episode, but you just got married. Congratulations again. Thank you. When did you actually serve and go through go through college? Like, what what's the timeline between then and uh, now? Yeah, so I got home November 2019. My wife, I actually had met right before my mission a couple months before um, through a mutual friend. And the February of 2020, so a couple months after I'd gotten home, is when we started dating. And... I remember writing down in my notes, like one of the reasons I needed to come home was to meet my eternal companion because like we had been friends for so long that I knew we, uh, uh, I didn't want to risk a relationship if I didn't think I could marry her. So Mm. I spent a lot of time preparing myself saying, okay, is she like somebody I could see myself marrying? And once I had gotten that answer, I was like, okay, now I can, test out a relationship, make sure that it works for her. And you, you made sure she's okay with your ACT score, right? Yep. And she was okay, okay with my ACT score. <laughs> uh, she got a higher one. She got a 35, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. She didn't, but she <laughs> school's never her forte. So she yeah. could probably care less. If, uh, if I, if I knew anyone with a 35, I don't know why I said if, because I'm not going to do anything about it. But I would be shocked. Okay, I'll just say that. I know That's somebody yeah. who got a 35. No, you don't, dude. No, you don't. Oh, like, you're, they, yeah, you're just right. Just because we're right. on the air, you don't have to say that, dude. Like, it doesn't make you cooler than me. Uh, it certainly does, actually. I have a higher ACT score than you do. So That's, that's not what this is about. We didn't, we didn't, why would you bring that up? Oh, I'm talking. We're talking about Dakota right D- now. Okay? Dakota has a higher ACT score than you, dude, you dummy. That's okay. true, actually. So. Yeah, I should probably leave this podcast from now on. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is this is the In Black and White show with Dakota viewing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's the it's host, and then we're both sub-hosts, we yeah. call that. <laughs> sub-hosts. Oh, um, man. Well, anyways, not it probably didn't matter too much, but I, I guess I'm just curious about, uh, like, what was your experience sharing that with uh, uh, your wife as you dated her and going through that, and if it really mattered or if it made any difference or if it, in a positive way, uh, you going through that experience? It definitely had a positive, uh, it, it worked itself out in a positive way because she actually told me this last week. She was like, sometimes when I'm down, I think of everything you went through on your mission and I realize I can get through it. Oh, and wow. oh, which yeah, dude. was the first time she'd ever said anything like that, which just meant the world. But for her, she kind of, she deals with some pretty high anxiety and some depression as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but her family was very reserved about it. They, her dad had depression and kind of had this, ego of nobody has it as bad as me type of thing oh i see um so i think me being able to talk about it in a way where i'm not ashamed of it and i can even though i've had hard experiences if somebody says they're struggling like to me that's i can 
put all my focus on them regardless of what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And I think having kind of that healthy conversation about mental health because of everything I had gone through really helped her to open up and kind of resolve some things that she had been hiding just because she was scared to talk to her family about it. Yeah. And which is kind of one of the reasons I also found of coming home early was I am not ashamed of what happened and I am not scared to talk about it. I'm not scared to talk about my dark feelings. I'm not scared to talk about things that I've gone through that have been traumatic. And I knew that coming home and being open about it would help plenty of others who are having the same issues in the same yeah, struggles. I got two more questions for you in the same vein. Okay. Can, can I ask? Can I just say one thing on no, that? No, no, no. You can't <clears throat> say anything. Okay, you've been saying a lot. Okay. I just want to keep us on track because you're going to take it off, right? That's usually what you do. <laughs> Go ahead, Cody. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say I that there's a principle there, right? Bringing struggle or shame or or trials into the light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it makes them lose power. I mean, we just had. A buddy of mine gave a talk yesterday in church, and he's always been very open about it. The his struggle in his addiction with pornography and overcoming that, and constantly fighting that, and he's very open about it. Um, so much so that uh, he he pretty much brings it up once a month in elders quorum, you know, for the last year and a half. But now we're at the point with this guy. He's he's awesome. If anyone needed to talk about that, they knew they know exactly who they can go to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. because he's so open about it and he's brought it so much into the light. Now it's, now it's much more accessible for other people to have that conversation, which is what you're doing right now. And it's exactly what you just said, right? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. brought that. And that's, you know, kind of what I think we're hoping with this episode is, is we're grilling you with questions here. So thanks for putting up with that. Oh, I, I love answering. Yeah. And, and I, but I think it just brings a lot of these things into the light so people can be like, Oh, instead of, being ignorant of it or not knowing what to say or what people might actually be going through this, your story helps shed light on that. So thank you, sir, for, for, for doing this. And we're not done obviously, but yeah, I, one thing that's actually kind of a motto I live by now, the guy who officiated our ceremony, we got married on May 12th, 2022 and sealed May 13th because we knew a lot of our family couldn't be there for the sealing. Mm. Um, But on the 12th, we had met with this guy who's a family friend of ours now. And uh, I had kind of, you know, shared my experiences. And he said, that which is personal is universal. And I mean, that's something that I think we've all seen in our lives, right? Like whatever's most personal, most hard to talk about is the same thing that plenty of other people are struggling with. And so being open about that definitely changes things, changes people's opinions and changes people's stigmas if you will on Ooh. certain topics yeah absolutely that's oh. gandhi level yeah it is gandhi right level yeah Dakota yeah i part. i've taken it for myself now <laughs> that's true yeah. i mean it's universal so now it's personal yeah. dude yep it's yeah. yours copyright so, yeah <laughs> yeah only dakota can have that okay nobody else <laughs> nobody else um well so now now i have those two questions They're actually pretty related to kind of maybe tie up this end here while we move into the next question. But these are two questions for you. One is what would you say to a missionary who is having that struggle, uh, who, who just came home early and you had a chance to talk to them? What would you say to them? Yeah. So first of all, I would just say, Hey, do you know what? 
I've gone through this experience. If they hadn't heard my story already, I would just give them, you know, bullet points of what had happened. Uh, and actually I've had a few friends come home early for the same reasons that I've been Great. able to reach out to. Mm -hmm. And I've just said, if you need somebody to talk about it, I am open. I'm an open book. I am all ears if you just need to talk. Uh, but if it's something that you want to work on on yourself, then I won't mention it again. Mm. Because a lot of the times people just kind of need to work through things on their own. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand and respect that. And so I just give them that option of if they ever want to reach out, I am all ears whenever they need. But until then, I, I'll let them choose when they want to bring it up. Ah. Because that's one of the things a lot of people have asked me, uh, kind of that same question of, you know, how should we respond to people who come home early? Mm -hmm. And That's, that was my second question, actually. So I'm glad you're going okay. you're into this. Um, but really, it's treat them like they serve two years. And oh, wow. Congratulate them. Say, I'm so glad you're home. Uh, I can't wait to hear about all of your experiences, all of the spiritual experiences you've had. You know, if you need anything, let us know. Because that's one thing I didn't realize would be so hard is there were no yellow ribbons on the trees. There were no homecoming talks given. It was very hushed about when I came home. Mm. And if somebody had just said, we're so glad to have you home, like, I can't wait to hear about everything. I think it would have eased that pain a little bit, just knowing that somebody, because I was told I had served a full mission, but I didn't feel it yet because nobody else was acting like I had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if everybody around me had had that mindset of he served his full mission, let's treat him like he just came home two years later. Um, I think the, the reacclimation into normal life would have been, way easier and way less stressful i like i really i really really like what you said there like that i whenever you just said uh, just treat them like they served two years that just like hit me like a bolt of lightning it's something i never would have really considered after uh, until talking to you i think that's really powerful i mean even i think uh maybe uh cody and you dakota can kind of uh, inf maybe share some thoughts on this but I, I even think about however however a missionary returns home you know, whether it's, you know, through depression or they had to take care of something before the mission or, or something happened on their mission. Do you think it's still appropriate for them for you to treat them like? No, of course it is, you know, to to treat them like they had just served the full two years. Um, well, I th th that that's a perfect segue into the next question. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, uh, you know, we have about 10 minutes here, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll blast through this. But. The, the second question we wanted to discuss um, was what does the Lord think about uh, or how does he feel about his some of his missionaries coming home early? And what I would say, we'll let Dakota answer after me because it'll be better. Um, <laughs> but what I would say is like, like for me, you know, and, and I mentioned this to you, Dakota, a few weeks ago when we talked about having you on the podcast, but like, it, it's never been something that I've been like, Oh, like that's, I've never had that stigma myself. I've never seen someone come home early and, and particularly been like, oh, what did they do wrong? You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Like that, that doesn't come to mind. What, what I usually have thought of, and again, I don't, I don't actually come from a very, um, like I'm one of the, I think I'm the first molten missionary in my family in a long time. So like I, I, I there wasn't this huge fa family culture for me necessarily with that. Maybe that's part of it, but 
I've always, I've always had the, I, mean, I don't know, maybe this came after my mission too, because I had some experiences on my mission that taught me how to look more charitably upon missionaries, period. Because, you know, in, in some of the positions I served, I oh, saw Oh, just go ahead and say it. You were an assistant, Cody. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's thinking it. Yeah, Cody Moulton, Elder Moulton was an assistant. Okay, everybody. Jeez. Oh, you got to make it about you, don't you? You just got to no, make it about you. You had to make it about you. No, no, some, no. I'm somebody, redirecting right no, now. No, no, no. Some of the experiences that I had on my mission, some of the yeah. positions I was in. Come on, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm sorry. I really do want to say just, just because... Uh, obviously, everybody knows that Cody and I served the same mission. I am biased, but Cody was the best assistant that uh, the mission had, especially. And I and I and I say this even with the the, the deep hatred I have for him. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was uh, one of the most humble uh, missionaries and best assistants that I think that we had. So. I just want to say that because I I feel kind of bad that I brought that up like that. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. Go ahead, Cody. You you put a bandaid on. The uh, the bleeding has stopped. Um, (laughs) But no, I I mean, I I saw missionaries go home. I had taken them to the airport a couple times. And so it's like, these are, they're they're people that I'd come to love on my mission, you know? Mm. And I was sad because I knew that there might have been less mature missionaries, maybe just because they were newer who might look at these missionaries and, and they'd be get caught up in the conversation or wondering why they went home early. Yeah, the, and the gossip, and, honestly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, none of it, I don't think out of malice by any means, but mm-hmm. it's usually ignorance. Right. But the thing that was hard for me with that was I'm like, I know this guy, you know, and I saw I saw the good he did in his area and for his ward. I met some of the people that he taught, and then he baptized. You know, uh, I met some of the missionaries that worked with him. Maybe he didn't baptize anyone in other cases, but but I know all the missionaries around this person really looked up and respected them. So I'm like, this was somebody who did a lot of good, and we shouldn't forget all the good that was done just because it didn't look the same or didn't last as long as someone else's missionary experience because guess what when you get home you get to do good for the rest of your life welcome to human life you know, mm-hmm. to, to forever right so mm-hmm. anyway that, that that's that's some of my feelings and feedback on that just there's lots of good happening and I and Dakota when you're t- talking about your experience I was just you know I was getting excited because I, I could just see all the good that happened with the preparation you talked about, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you, you went, you were in the MTC, you were there for four days and you had all these profound experiences and you came home early. Look at all these great experiences you had that you wouldn't have had if you never, if you never tried, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And you know, before the podcast, I was kind of thinking about people who do come home because of worthiness issues. Let's say in my opinion, they should still have their head held high. Because now everybody's situation is unique, but a lot of the times it's because, you know, missionaries get out there and they realize, do you know what? There's probably some things I should have taken care of. And they have the humility to admit, I am not quite where I need to be to be here. And I'm not going to hurt anybody else's experiences, you know, moving forward. If I can't guarantee that I'll have the spirit with me at all times. Yeah. Mm. There's a guy I worked with, with that same mindset. He's very much anti the church, very much, very anti. But that was his his thing. Is he was like, oh well, I, I 
if I don't have this conviction, you know, and and I'm not working on it, and I don't have a desire to work on it, and I'm not sincere, then I shouldn't be here, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think that um, going through coming home early, it is not easy on anybody. Hmm. And anybody who's willing to put themselves through that because they think it's the right thing to do, all kudos to them. Like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't care less what somebody did. Um, just seeing kind of the strength they have of being able to come home. They, they deserve to be celebrated for that, you know, I think. Yeah, uh, just, just as much as somebody who came home for, serving. yeah, serving full mission or, you know, for mental health reasons or whatnot, right. they should have just as much pride in their experience as everybody else. Mm. Um, so and good. I have right. the scripture that was read to me right as I was released that oh, yeah. kind of hit hard and to me answers this question of what does God think? Mm. Um, it's in DNC 124 verse 49 and it says verily verily I say unto you that when I give a commandment to any of the sons of men to do a work unto that unto my name and those sons of men go with all their might and with all they have to perform that work and cease not their diligence and their enemies come upon them and hinder them from performing that work behold it behooveth me to require that work no more at the hands of the sons of men but to accept of their offerings Oh my gosh. I mean, that just hits hard because it says if you're diligent and if you have the right mindset and something happens that makes you, that comes up, gets in the way between you and your, your mission, then God has accepted of your offering. You are no longer required of what he has asked. Honestly, that's the black and white right there. Like that scripture is the black and white of this whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. We're just going to do this. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, Dakota, I want you to just tell us what that scripture is. You don't have to read it again, but I got to, I just got to give it its punctuation because this is the black and white. The black and white. So this is DNC 124 verse 49. Oh, so good. So good. It, that, that scripture has probably done more for me than any other experience. Because I had kind of a, like the Book of Mormon, that's our doctrine, that's our truth. Mm. Um, and that was something telling me that I was, that I had served my mission. And when I forgot it, I would reread that scripture and say, nope, you, you did, you served your mission. Yeah, dude. Man, that's powerful. powerful, man. That's like, it's like, it's like God's prophet, man. Just kidding. <laughs> Just because it was so on, like. <laughs> So obviously, <laughs> nobody has ever responded to that. Like it's no, obviously, just, it's obviously the, the the word of the Lord. Yeah, it's in the scriptures, Cody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly. It's so on point for this conversation. Like you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't make up a passage of scripture better fit for what we're talking about and what that experience you had. Oh yeah, uh, I I've never related more to a scripture. That was. That I'm so glad that he shared that with me because that has just changed my life. So the black and white, if I'm going to summarize it into principles, to me sounds like um, sacrifice and um, acceptance on God's part. You know what I mean? Like, like we do believe in the law of sacrifice, and it is a sacrifice to go on a mission. It is a sacrifice to set apart that time to prepare and do all those things. And it's an offering, and 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 the Lord accepts our 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 offerings, no matter no matter what they look like compared to other people's offerings. It's not the point, right? 
the point is, if, if you've made a sacrifice, you've been offering the Lord in diligence. I think that was the word you used, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord will accept our offering. Well, uh, Dakota, if you wouldn't uh, mind just, uh, I mean, this whole podcast has been your story of faith, but um, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind just maybe distilling maybe the, the top lessons that you learned from this experience, just as a kind of a TLDR of, of your experience. I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously not just this, but if you could just distill it for us uh, as your story of faith, we would be grateful. Yeah, for sure. Stories of faith, why we stay. I think back of in seminary, we were given a lesson on how to pray. And basically the gist of the lesson was if you aren't best friends with God, he has, and you ask him for best friend answers, he, you haven't built that connection with him. So Mm. for me, it's building that connection with God to where you have the spirit that can say, Hey, like, you know, the spirit can truly guide you and you can, you have that connection, that communication with him. Mm. Um, and just always trusting that because without that, I would not have done half the things I've done since then. Mm. Um, I, you know, it's still a relationship I have to build, but knowing that if I can always have the spirit with me and follow his guidance, it doesn't matter if it's going on a mission I know I'm going to come home from, um, or, you know, what other trials you may have. If you have the spirit, it will never, it will never lead you astray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dakota. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if there's anything any better way to go out here unless there's any final thought from you Lenny are you, no, you good I, I feel like he he said it all right there I was all like right. I, was, I was I was struck dumb <laughs> well that wasn't a far fall from the tree huh? <laughs> oh man I knew that was yeah. coming I knew that was coming yeah. yeah 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 well Dakota thanks for being here sir thank you for having me I love I love this opportunity to kind of share my experience with you guys yeah well we we appreciate it and anyone listening um Hope this uh, conversation helps in some way, or to get you thinking about some 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 good stuff. I, overall, very uh, uplifting uh, hearing your experience, even though it's talking about a pretty trying time in your life. So I think that's you know just powerful. So so anyone listening, please send us your questions or concerns you have. We want to talk about them on the next episode. Um, give us a zinger, you know. If it's about church finances, Enzyme Peak, I want to hear, you know, we want to see a question about it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, okay? We, we just want to have these conversations. So send us any questions or concerns you have. Send us a story of faith, anyone listening, and we'll get it on the podcast as well. Uh, find us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're at I- IBW Podcast. Um, send us an email at inblackandwhitepodcast at gmail.com. And then, of course, like, uh, comment on the podcast, subscribe on whatever your whatever your platform is you use. Subscribe helps uh, get the word out more and get more people building up this community of, of homies that want to chat about about the gospel and, and roast each other at the same time. So we're trying to do that. But anyway, I think that's it. So thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, and Godspeed. God is good.